Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. Looks like we're going to have to uh, pay extra close attention to uh, traffic on your way in or on your way out this morning. We'll do exactly that. We'll have another update for you coming up in about 10 minutes. Hi, it's the Sports Animals. Chris Hart, Gary Dickman on his way. I believe he's stuck in traffic. Tanner Hayworth is along with us as well. And, uh, of course, they've got that water main break that's messing things up around Vineyard. But we just found out uh, another uh, got a pretty bad accident uh, coming in uh, into town out over in the Cunea area. So you got the problem in Iaea, you got the problem in Cunea. It's just a mess. Just hang with us. We'll get you there. This is ESPN Honolulu. Well, uh, three things you need to know, maybe four or five, who knows. But the Rainbow Wahine volleyball team, they're on a three-game, this is a rare three-game road trip, really, versus uh, the, the top teams in the Big West. Right, and this is the fun thing about the Wahine so far in the Big West. Every single match this year in the Big West play has ended in a sweep. Sure, one of those was a loss, but every single match we have swept so far. And like you mentioned, we're going against the top of the Big West now this weekend. So probably not expecting three more sweeps this weekend, but it sure would be nice. Oh, yeah, I know. I don't expect it. But I would not be surprised at all. Um, so Hawaii, let's see, we are going to play. I want to check out this schedule. You hear these games here, um, uh, three of them on ESPN Honolulu, one on CBS 1500. Check your local listings, as we will do in a second. But they've got Santa Barbara, who's undefeated on the road. That is happening tomorrow. Then Cal Poly, who's 5-1 and one in Big West play. And then they play UC Davis, who's 4-2. and two. That'll be a Tuesday game, but uh, let's go Rainbow Wahine. It was, uh, um, I, I'm, I'm so concerned for Sergeant Tally Hackis, whose family is in Israel. Of course, she's from Israel, and uh, it's got to be just, just such an anxious time for her, Tanner, right now with all that is going on. I mean, here's somebody who knows, I mean, she's been in the, the Israeli military, and uh, knows exactly what her people uh, there are going through. And uh, it's really got to be tough to be so far away at this time. Hopefully her teammates are loving on her and giving her all the support that, that, that she needs. And that's all I've heard, you know, from the team is that they're doing the best they can to support her, to keep her comforted, to keep her distracted from what's going on. Because if you can, I think Rob DeMello has, has on his uh you know, social medias has the footage of the uh, pressers that were happening the uh, last few days. And it is absolutely just heartbreaking to see 
uh, Tali uh, go through this because she's only been here for <laughs> this year so far, and she is shown to be like an emotional leader on this court. Whenever she's on the court, you know she's on the court, right. and she's cheering on her entire team. She makes sure she gives high fives to everyone. She's screaming in people's face when they get a point. So Jumping in people's arms. Exactly. So <laughs> I think just to see this, okay. this 180 flip because of what's going on overseas it's definitely it just shows the magnitude of the situation of what's right, going uh, on we'll move on we are your home for the baseball playoffs and your exclusive oahu radio home of the world series and well one of the teams you won't be hearing on the radio are the los angeles dodgers amen what happened i love that i'm, I'm a big <laughs> fan of that i'm oh, look I, I think, don't know why people hate the Dodgers, but go ahead. I think people hate the Dodgers the same way like how I hate the Yankees. You know, they're that big team. They're the big moneymakers. And this is the thing, you know, if every single year the playoffs had zero fans and the regular season were 60 games, maybe the Dodgers would have more World Series. Who knows? Yeah, I just think that I, I think Major League Baseball is more interesting with the Dodgers rather than the Diamondbacks. But uh, this hey. Diamondbacks team though is I love this Diamondbacks team. They're fun, they're young. They have probably the rookie of the, they do have the rookie of the year in Corbin Carroll. They have uh -huh. a really fun pitching staff of um, Zach Galland. Their ace is super good and they have a bunch of really great hitters. I I love the Diamondbacks and if it's looking like Diamondbacks Phillies, which you know, we don't know if that's what the um LCS is looking like on that side, but I'm excited for the World Series this year because other than the Astros, these are all teams that are not conventionally World Series teams the last couple of years. Well, now Maybe I'm the fired Phillies. Up. I'm fired up now for the, uh, okay, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm fired up for the Diamondbacks. Hey, we are just, uh, real, honestly, we're eight days away from UH men's basketball. I'm excited for that. Look, I, <laughs> I thought you were going to add something. That, I? I thought you were going to add something there, so no, I, no. I'm not sure. We're still working on this chemistry really quickly. But, I, yeah, yesterday, media days, they had all the photos where the captains are Javon McClanahan, Noel Coleman, and Bernardo Da Silva. And there was a photo of the three of them, and I just thought, man, it's going to be weird watching men's basketball next year and not seeing any of those three guys. Because I feel like they've been here since all three of them have been together on this team since 2020. So it'll be the first time in four years where you don't see a combination of a Bernardo da Silva, Noel Coleman, or Javon McClanahan after this year. I, I just, I just, that was my main takeaway of media days yesterday. Yeah. Oh, okay. We can go over that in a, in a second. But the, um, you know, what's exciting about this St. Mary's, it's the Outrigger Charity Invitational. And what's exciting about this is we're, we're missing some guys that we're used to, like you said. But we've got a, a, a new look team. More sec is, seems to be bigger than life. Uh, it's going to be exciting. So get your tickets. They're just $20 general admission tickets and then $10 for the Utes. Uh, get them at E-Ticket Hawaii or the Stan Sheriff Center box office. Hawaii against St. Mary's, nationally ranked St. Mary's. And projected uh, to finish in the top of the West Coast Conference. That was just announced today. Wow, that's cool. Hey, uh, in high school volleyball, that heavyweight match, it was uh, it was uh, what do you, not a playoff. What do you call it? Punahou and Kamehameha. They were both tied 11-1 to at the end of the regular season. And so they had to have an extra game. 
uh, to decide, I guess, the uh, ILH champ and who got the state berth. And that goes to Kamehameha, sweeping Punahou, uh up there on the hill yesterday, 25, 21, 23, and 21. Uh, congratulations to UH Rainbow Wahine commit Adriana Arquette. 18 slam downs for the Lady Warriors. Uh, Kamana'o, well, her name is Kamana'o Okalani, and I'm sure she goes by something shorter than that. Uh, I'll call her Kamana'o. Kamana'o Goldstein, 11 kills, 13 dig-em-ups. Congratulations to Kamehameha. It was an awesome game, electric atmosphere. I was able to listen to the game yesterday on CBS 1500, um, and it was absolutely going to be Kamehameha, I think, the the entire way through. The crowd was super into it. Uh, I saw videos of that huge new video board they have in the gymnasium, and I just think I'm excited to watch the rest of the uh, the uh, states when they come too because I really do think Kamehameha might be running their way through states. They're one of the best teams, in my opinion, that I've seen in a long time in girls' volleyball. Yeah, I mean, they, especially they, with uh, that Adriana Arquette. Yeah, and uh, uh, you know, it's like um, it's like uh, Rocky Balboa fighting. Um, oh, I can't remember Dolph Lundgren's character's name in Rocky Five. He's human. He's he's cut. He's human. Uh, Kamehameha has lost once, so that's going to be some exciting volleyball uh, come state tournament. So, uh, uh, really, really into that uh let's see hey uh thursday night football uh we get to see more taylor swift tonight i guess let's huh? go <laughs> you know who's the most excited for that jeff what? bezos why because it's on amazon ah thursday night football broncos and the kansas city chiefs uh yeah you can check that out on uh, prime video so that's going to be what time is that that's going to be at uh 2 uh kickoff and you of course you can hear the game uh, on our family of radio stations, and I don't have it in front of me. That's going to be on ESPN Honolulu. I am checking that right now as we speak. I, you know, it just takes for for some reason my computer. Josh Pacheco, who is our program director, sends out um, you know our, our schedule and he updates it every single day. And you know, for him to be listening right now to the radio, going, you know what? I just sent it to you guys. What are you doing? Why do I do all this work to help you and nobody? Knows when the darn game is. Yes, it is on ESPN Honolulu. Our broadcast starts at one thirty this afternoon. Right, and Gary. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Sorry about that. But I was going to say with the Chiefs and Broncos, I'm sure it's going to be a very exciting game for one fan base, and that's probably the Taylor Swift fan base, in my opinion. <laughs> because look, I, I want to hype this game up. You want to see maybe this is finally the game the Denver Broncos can maybe find some kind of positive momentum in the second half because they've done okay to pretty good in the first half, but they always seem to implode by the second half of the game, and they surely are not getting the uh, the long stick here as they go against the Kansas City Chiefs, who, yeah, they're not as good as they used to be, but uh, they're still the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. They still have Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it's they're still, a, you know, got to be one of the top contenders in the AFC uh, to make it to the Super Bowl, especially with the way the um, Cincinnati Bengals are playing lately. Right. And, well, my issue with the Bengals right now is you just have to hope that there's no, like, uh, reinvigorated uh, re uh, the uh, the injury for Joe Burrow and his calf. Mm. 
because that's right. always a scary injury to kind of uh, think about a lot because, as we all know, with the whole Kevin Durant situation a couple of years ago, if you kind of are playing on that calf strain, there always is that worry of leading to some kind of Achilles injury because of it. We've seen right. his performance affected because of it, but like you said, they, he just had that monster game with Jamar Chase last year, and look, that's what you're hoping for if you're a Bengals fan. You see the Ravens go down a game, so maybe there is that hope of, okay, this is just our normal start-of-the-season slump that we have every single year. Yeah, and uh, speaking of um, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't know if you you probably saw this this morning. You were up before I was, but the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, they're letting Frank Clark go. Oh, Frank Clark? Oh, oh I'm sorry, the Denver Broncos. Yeah, that's sorry. Denver Broncos. They're, sorry, Denver Broncos letting Frank Clark go. I mean, this guy's... I mean, he's only 30 years old. I don't know how if he's been hurt or what the situation is with him. But, I mean, when he was with the Chiefs three out of the four years before this, I mean, he was a Pro Bowl player. This is the thing with the Denver Broncos right now, though. You see them planning to move on from Frank Clark, whether that's by a release or with a trade. That was right. reported this morning. You also right. saw the other day they traded Randy Gregory away, one of their other uh, big signing uh contracts from a couple of years ago another pass rusher and now there are reports that they're looking to trade jerry judy their first round receiver from a couple of wow. years ago so from what it sounds like is the broncos want to retool here because i think what sean payton has done is russell wilson he's look despite what greeny said a couple of days ago calling this is the worst version of russell wilson he's seen russell wilson this year is a lot better than russell wilson last year and yes. so maybe what they're looking to do is, okay, we'll take this year to retool and probably rebuild a little bit. So maybe now the Denver Broncos are just trying to just push it off to say, hey, next year is our year. Right. And, you know, with Frank Clark, maybe he's not doing as well as they had hoped. Uh, Randy Gregory, who's uh, who had a pretty good game in his first game with the San Francisco 49ers. And, uh, yeah, I can see them, you know, I mean, they don't – I don't think they need a quarterback. I think Russell Wilson just needs to be put in his place and say, hey, you're a football player first. All right, it's uh, 16 minutes after the hour. Traffic is a mess out there. We'll have a report for you coming up here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, Weather-wise, today it's going to be mostly sunny. Actually, the next couple of days, high about 86, low tonight 74. Trades are back at 10 to 15 miles per hour. We'll be back in a second. Oh, hey, if you're thinking about uh, checking out some NFL football on Sunday. Uh, might I uh, suggest one of our p favorite places to go? It's called The Lookout Food and Drink. That's right, right out there at Waikai. Uh, lots of folks uh, going out there. A lot of people uh, show up dressed up in their jerseys, too. It's kind of cool. It's in Eva Beach, right across from uh, Hawakalai. Now, doors open early on Sundays at 630 they have great breakfasts, great lunches, too. You can enjoy happy hour prices on poo-poos and drinks in the afternoon, too. And it's a great atmosphere. You enjoy the ocean breeze overlooking the Pacific Ocean. It's very, very cool. Check it out. The Lookout Food and Drink, your place for football. We'll be right back. Hey, thanks to Tanner Hayworth for uh, hanging in there. Gary Dickman uh, finally arrived, at, decided to come to work today. That's good. Good morning. How are you? Hi. A little uh, tired from the long drive-in. A lot of traffic from everywhere, it seeming, seems to come into town today. 
There was a water main break in Iaea yesterday. There's a water main break uh, in uh, Vineyard today. Man, a lot of water main breaks. It's that it's that time of the year again. Well, it could be worse. School could be in session. Yeah, actually. I guess so. I guess so. There was like a big, I don't know if it was a garbage truck or some other truck pulled over on the side of the freeway where cops were blocking a couple of lanes with the truck and another accident. So, yeah, it was one of those days where the perfect storm, unfortunately. But All right. Let's go. Uh, we were uh, uh, happy birthday today to Bodie Miller, who's 46. Uh, of course, the uh, famous uh, ski racer, Olympic gold medalist, two-time overall World Cup champion. Happy birthday to you if you're celebrating today. I wanted to get into UH football in a second. Also, high school football in about 10 minutes with Kalani Takase from Scoring Live. But I wanted to mention this yesterday, and I did not. But congratulations to our pal Scott Simpson and the University of Hawaii men's golf team. Uh, they uh, uh, had their highest finish ever at the Bill Cullum Invitational. They finished in second place at, uh, and I don't know where this is. It is oh, so it's, uh, a place called Somis, California. Uh, but anyway, congratulations. Uh, Blaze Akana, the big star, he finished, let's see, uh, let's see, with uh, uh, 71, 74, 70 in the three days of scoring. And he was uh, sixth place overall. Hawaii golfers finished uh, sixth, uh, T9, tied for 27, T35, T40. So congratulations. Good showings, especially from Blaze Akana and Josh Hayashida. Uh, good job, too, uh, in team play from Kobe Ire, Tyler Ogawa, and Dane Watanabe. Uh, Rainbow Warrior Golf Team. Good job, guys. I knew... Uh, this would be the year they, they start turning things around with the addition of uh, former U.S. Open champion Scott Simpson. He, I mean, it's supposed to be pretty cool to have a coach like that, you know, for your team. I mean, I'm sure the players, even though they're probably, I mean, obviously a lot younger than he, are still well aware of what he's accomplished in his career. Yes, it is. All right, we got Rainbow Warrior football coming up here. Uh, it's, it's coming up two days from now. It's island style night as Hawaii is hosting. San Diego State. And you'll remember last year, I mean, Hawaii almost won this game. We lost 16-14. to 14. It wasn't a barn burner, but, hey, it was close. Well, it was a kind of a barn burner, and it was really close. In fact, Hawaii had I mean, it wasn't a lot week. of scoring offense going back and forth, and you know what I mean? It wasn't a, a couple of high-flying offenses is what I meant. No, okay, but it was a close game, and I do remember Hawaii taking that late lead in the fourth quarter. Of course, this was at Snapdragon Stadium, and then the kickoff for Hawaii after I believe it was a field goal to give them that brief lead went out of bounds. San Diego State had a shorter field, got the game-winning touchdown, I believe, from Jake Browning. Uh, who leads the country in field goal percentage, by the way, or Jack Browning, I believe, uh, 80% on field goals. Now, he's only attempted five this year, but he had that game winner last year, and that was a tough one. It just seems like, you know, when we play San Jose State, you have a lot of high-scoring, crazy games in the 40s half the time. With San Diego State, sometimes they're a little higher scoring, sometimes on their end, but there's always something really weird about these games where San Diego State, unfortunately, has our number most of the time, but it was a few years ago where Hawaii went in and beat them on the road to qualify for the bowl game. Hmm. I'm uh, I'm checking out there. I see. Would you say their kicker is tops in the country with eighty percent or something? Yes. Would you say? Yes. But you know what? Five field goals. That does. I don't think I know, you qualify. Small sample size. I, yeah. You you don't qualify to be in that but, conversation but at all. No. I, 
Well, I, I'm not sure. Let's say whoever else is on that list. I'm not sure if there's guys that have attempted 20 field goals this season either. Right. It's still kind of early in the season. We're not even, more, you know, halfway there. Halfway. I, I hear you. I hear you. But five is not that much to say anything about somebody. So uh, so-and-so is this or that in the country. Uh, I'm going to look up. I got some uh, Mountain West stats. I'm going to look it up. I'm curious about, you know, where uh, some of these guys are. And, okay, field goals. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the UNLV guy is 11 of 12 at 91%. So that's bigger than 80%, Gary. Mm, it is. Yeah, well, it is. I don't know where you get your information, Dickman. San Diego State notes. By the way, San Diego State guy uh, is also, he's 8 of 12 for 67%. Yeah, looks like he's not that good. Maybe you're looking at something from last year. He's I'm, already kicked eight field goal attempts. I'm, I'm, I'll research their notes once again. Well, okay, do that while you're waiting, you know, getting up late and getting to work late. <laughs> hey, check this out. Now we're going to go switch to uh, high school football with Kalani Takase from Scoring Live coming up in a few minutes. But there's a website called College Football Network. I'm not sure if you're familiar. But they came out with their mid-season all-stars their mid-season honors for the mountain west conference and first team all mountain west offense the quarterback is zach larrier from air force makes sense those guys are on a tear but they don't uh, pass a whole lot i mean i guess they may be passing a little bit more than most well years. it's not a passing I, award it's a quarterback award i guess he rushes for you a can't lot of you can't say that michael carter wasn't a good quarterback because he didn't pass a lot I didn't say can that. you I, did i say that no all right. Uh, Tory Horton, who's going to the NFL from Colorado State, is a notable on that team. Uh, but Hawaii did get uh, midseason third team recognition, and that goes to Pofele Ashlock, offensive tackle. This guy didn't even start the season, and he was a guard. Uh, Luke Felix Fualalo. He's the big 6'9 guy uh, playing tackle now. He's playing right tackle. But uh, we did get some recognition for wide receiver Stephen McBridge. Stephen McBridge. Is that how they spelled it? You, not a lot of people know about him. He's a secret. <laughs> Look out for Stephen McBridge. I guess all credibility of these uh, mid-season <laughs> rankings kind of just went out the door. Yeah, I, I'm sure they mean Stephen McBride, well, but maybe they're – com- Look closely at the roster. Maybe there is a Stephen McBridge. McRibs are coming back next month. Uh, McBridge, uh, midseason third team, all Mountain West defense. We didn't make anybody on the first or second teams, but uh, of offense and defense. But Sauce Williams got a mention, Elijah Palmer got a mention there. And um, when you say make got, got a mention, is that third team? Yes, I said, like okay. I said, third team, they got a mention there. And now, honorable mentions, uh, for hawaii on defense go to noah kemma and caleb brown so i've just mentioned caleb brown noah kemma sauce williams and elijah palmer what do these guys all have in common besides the fact that they play for the university of hawaii are they all from vegas no they're not they didn't play last year okay our guys getting i'm surprised peter manuma with the amount of tackles he's had uh isn't on here but he's not so we're, you know, coming into the season, we're talking about Verdell Edwards 
and Cam Stone and all of that. Yet here we're really talking about Noah Kemma and Caleb Brown. I don't know if you remember that one play where we were playing a couple of weeks ago against UNLV, and their running back just storms up the middle, and somebody chased him down from behind with incredible speed. It was like the roadrunner chasing the coyote, and I'm almost positive that that was Caleb Brown. I mean, this guy, this guy is special. By the way, Cam Lockridge, uh, who's out for the season, unfortunately, from Fresno State, uh, formerly of the University of Hawaii, got midseason third-team All-American. Uh, All-American, All-Mountain West. Um, mid-season first-team All-Mountain West specialists. We got to men- mention first-team for Justin Sinclair. Is, is he the snapper? I don't know. Tanner. <laughs> Justin Tanner Sinclair. Know? Is this a typo? Well, he could be a gunner on special teams. It's not something that I've been able to see because I've been haven't been able okay. to watch any games. But Justin Sinclair, he was a uh, JUCO guy that transferred in for this. Oh, game. okay, thank you. Okay, because Tanner is the one when you're hearing the ra- uh, the radio game. Tanner is behind the scenes putting that on the air for everybody. Uh, yeah, I thought it was just me. That's why I said I've Justin heard- Sinclair. I was looking for a little help. Uh, midseason yeah. third team all Mountain West specialists are uh, Cam Stone is a kick returner. Stephen McBride, not to be confused with Stephen McBridge. They're both Stephen McBride as a punt returner. And Matthew Shipley is the third best kicker, they say. So I guess they're basing it on all games because if you're going only by Mountain West games, there only has been one or two or three for these teams, which leads to Cam Stone because he's missed a whole bunch of games, even before, obviously before conference play. Well, I guess he's that good, according to collegefootballnetwork.com. It's 732. We're the sports animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. Uh, H-Camp is the Hawaii Concussion Awareness Management Program. Parents, coaches, student-athletes, listen up. This is a great educational website to learn more about recognizing concussion symptoms. Visit hawaiiconcussion.com. We'll be right back. (laughs) Kalani Takase joins us now from Scoring Live. Check out his work, scoringlive.com. Kalani, I just have one thing to say to you. How about them Dodgers? Woo! <laughs> I knew I, I knew that was coming, and so I, 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 I would I never do that. that. Maybe it was good morning, or so. I, I didn't realize we were talking prep football this morning. I thought it was just a wellness check on me. <laughs> wellness check. You know what? I, I for some reason I don't. A lot of people do not like the Dodgers. I'm not a Dodgers hater, but I just uh, you know I think. And I was telling Tanner earlier that you know I think that Major League Baseball is more interesting in the playoffs with rather than without the Dodgers. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like a different year, same story. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from that uh, pandemic short in 2020 season, it's been a lot of heartbreak for our Dodger fans. So uh, I'm going to continue to hang my hat on 2020. <laughs> it is interesting to see them in the playoffs and to see them lose and even get swept. I'm sorry to say that, but uh, I was anyway, shocked. I was shocked. Let's, I was shocked. Let's, move, let's move on. Wow. Okay, yeah, let's move on. 
Okay, and before we talk about some of the games from last week or what's coming up this week, uh, one of the topics that has been making the rounds is about officials, referees, and what took place or what didn't take place in that game with Kalani uh, and kind of key last week where they had that game canceled. It's going to be made up at the end of the month. So I want to get your thoughts on that first of all. Yeah, obviously unfortunate situation all around and and, um, really, you know, kind of – you feel badly for the for the players, of course, and not just the players, the parents, the uh, the coaches, the official. Excuse me, the uh, the band, the, the the cheerleaders. You know, everybody who's involved. And it was it was Kalani's homecoming. There's obviously a lot that goes into planning all of that. And so, you know, firstly, you feel bad for the kids that didn't have the opportunity to celebrate their homecoming game that night. Uh, my understanding is that game's going to be made up, and there's going to be free admission. But of course, you know, the logistics and all of those things, you don't get time back, right? So. Right. Um, Sad for sure, but I think, uh, you know, it underscores the fact that there is a, a, a dire shortage of officials, right? And I think, you know, perhaps for the OI, it, it looks, it, the, the optics are bad, right? Because uh, everyone's there, they're ready to go, but the uh, the officials are not. And then that's kind of juxtaposed against, you know, Friday night we had Wainai Castle canceled, and that wasn't the same night as the scheduled Kalani game, but it's just a bad look for the OI for sure. Um, but I think the bigger issue, as I stated, is that it underscores the shortage of officials, and that's that's not anything new, right? This, right, I think, right. highlights that a little bit more. Um, but I think it goes back to uh, the treatment of our officials or the mistreatment of our officials, perhaps, is a better way to put it. And, you know, you go to any high school game, and I guarantee you, you'll hear at least one uh, inappropriate comment uh, over the course of the game, if not, you know, on the opening kickoff. So, um, you know, I think it's... It's bad. It, it's a it's a bad luck, but it brings uh, attention to a situation that that needs some assistance. Kalani Takase from ScoringLive.com joining us on ESPN Honolulu ninety two point seven FM and fourteen twenty AM. Just to continue on that for just a second, and we'll get to some of the great games and performances. We brought up an interesting topic because what is, uh, a volleyball official uh, called and texted yesterday and gave his thoughts on that, kind of talking about the same thing and the verbal abuse, and that's what the main reason why there's an official shortage. What are the schools doing about it, if anything? Should they be doing more as far as security to maybe take care of abusive fans and maybe the safety of the officials? Yeah, I think, uh, good question, and I think absolutely more can be done. Um, I think ultimately school officials are there to ensure safety of of everyone uh, at a sporting event, especially the players and coaches, of course, uh, but also fan behavior, I think, uh, is part of their responsibility. And, uh, you know, I was at a football game earlier this year at Waipahu High School, and I won't mention the visiting team, but one of their fans was... Uh, uh, completely inappropriate, and I, and I give credit to uh, Waipahu principal Zach Sheets. He went into the crowd, uh, which, you know, frankly, you don't see all that often, a school administrator go into a crowd and address the person, and he did it uh, in in a, a awesome way. I mean, he de-escalated the guy. Eventually, he got him to leave on his own accord, and, um, you know, there was all without incident, but uh, you don't see that enough, and I think more can be done, but I think at the end of the day, you know, uh, it comes down to fan behavior, right? And then when you purchase a ticket, that doesn't allow you, that doesn't permit you to say whatever you want or to, to be negative. You know, it's, it's high school sports are about uh, positivity, right? And, and and participation to some degree, but building character, those kinds of things. And, and certainly uh, spectators have a big part in that as well. 
Well said, well said. Well, let's move on to some of the games. And before we talk about what's coming up, and we're almost at playoff time, last week the marquee matchups, Kahuku-Campbell, which I thought might have been a little closer. Kahuku <clears throat> wins 38-7 to without their starting quarterback. And, uh, Miliolani, maybe we shouldn't be surprised, except maybe that they didn't get 60 because they seem to get 60 almost every week lately, and they do a number on Coppola shutting them out 56-0. Uh, to nothing. Yeah, let's start with Kahuku. Uh, you know, they, um, as you said, they did it without their starting quarterback, uh, uh, Tuli Tango-Vailoa, and, you know, they, they put it in the hands of their their senior running back, uh, Malai Fonoti, and he turned in uh, 24 carries, 189 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, and, and that was really, you know, the, the story for Kahuku. You know, we talked about how Campbell, uh, their front four, or, or their defensive line, is able to get a pass rush uh, against most teams, you know, without having to blitz uh, additional defenders. And they didn't have to do well. They weren't able to do that against Kahuku because Kahuku only threw the ball six times, and they completed right. all six of them. So they kept it on the ground, um, you know, and they kept the ball out of uh, Jaron Sanopolitelli's hands. Uh, they held the ball for over 16 minutes in the second in the second half. Uh, Campbell had the ball for less than eight minutes in that second half, and then that was really kind of the difference there. Um, and then you know, with Milanani and Capole, I, I, I was surprised, you know, with uh, how one-sided that game was, but it was evident early on that Mililani was, you know, their guys were on, as Rod York said, and, and they just capitalized at every opportunity. Uh, they scored touchdowns on their first five drives, and, and by 30 seconds into the second quarter, they were up 35-0. Um, so Keeney McMillan, you know, he's, he's putting together a tremendous season, um, you know, five touchdown passes, and he, he just threaded the needle a couple of times against uh, that Capole uh, secondary. And then, and then I think Mililani's defense deserves a ton of credit. Um, I think that is the, you know, although they're putting up 50-plus points a game, I think the, the identity of this team is, is, is they're led by their defense, you know, and they put a number on, on Kapole and um, Liatama Amisone. We talked about him at length on this program all year, and he, he came into the game 25 touchdowns, one interception on the year, and he was held to no touchdowns, three picks, seven of 23 and 49 yards. So that Milani defense... Um, just just made him uncomfortable all night. Wow. Uh, we're, we're in the meat of the co- uh, high school football season. Kalani Takase from Scoring Live joining us here on ESPN Honolulu. Kalani, your biggest matchups coming up this weekend? Uh, well, I'm looking at uh, Damian Iolani Saturday night. You know, the first time those guys played, it was a shootout. It was a lot of fun. I expect uh, maybe a little bit less scoring this time around. Maybe not. But, you know, they, they've got a number of athletes on both sides. They know each other so well. Um, I expect a well-played game there. And then the other one I'm looking at is actually over on Maui. Uh, Lahaina Luna, they won 41 straight in the MIL. Uh, This is their third game of the season, and this is going to be their biggest test, I believe, all MIL season. You know, Kamehameha Maui's undefeated. They're 5-0. And unlike, uh, you know, the first two teams that they played, Baldwin and uh, Maui, that Lahaina Luna played, Kamehameha Maui's offense is, is pretty good. You know, they have a third-year starter there and a quarterback in, uh, com, uh, excuse me, Makana Kamaka Brace. Mm. Uh, they've got a number of, uh, you know, seasoned receivers there, and they, they throw it around. So this is going to be a test for Lahaina Luna, especially if Kamehameha Maui is able to get ahead. Um, Lahaina Luna traditionally has been a run-heavy team. They've, they've, you know, kind of diversified their offense uh, in the first two weeks of the season, and we've seen them throw the ball around a lot. And I think a lot of that is in anticipation for this Kamehameha Maui matchup, as well as, you know, the contenders that they're going to see at the state level, Big potentially uh, in Division One. Right on, Kalani. Hey, we're up against the clock. We appreciate you coming on, as always. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Kalani. Thanks, Kalani. All right, guys. Take care.
Mahalo Kalani Takase. Find all his expertise at scoringlive.com. It was an historic day for volleyball yesterday. We'll explain why with Kevin Wong coming up next. Uh, before we get another traffic update here, I want to let you know that you can watch Cole Mousolf, all six foot four of him, at ESPNHonolulu.com. A new episode of Athletes is coming soon. Uh, he'll be sitting down with Shane Kawakami Williams, a former HBA track and fielder, now at Occidental College, having some good grinds at a great place called the Surfing Pig in Kaimuki. Anyway, be on the lookout for that episode. It's coming soon to ESPNHonolulu.com, brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. All right, we're running a little behind. I want to get Kevin Wong in here. Thank you for uh, coming on, Kevin. It was it was an historic day for volleyball yesterday. Explain what happened. What happened? Uh, but first, I'm big fans of both you guys. You guys bring me a lot of laughs, a lot of information. Um, and for, for us, yesterday, we had our grand uh, opening of our expansion here in Kapala Makai. Uh, we've got three volleyball courts for spike and serve. We've got uh, a full-size weight room uh, and a study lounge for the kids. And I think one of the coolest things, and I, we had to get you out here, is our Hawaii Move Lab Recovery Center. So cold plunges. We've got the hot sauna, the red light, the Normatec boots. I mean, you guys got high-stress jobs. We need to get you. <laughs> I'm ready. Kevin Wong, of course, is the founder of Spike and Serve. Uh, in its first nine seasons, has helped more than 145 students continue their education while playing college volleyball. And now, from what this sounds like, and uh, I was not able to go, but I wanted to make sure we got you on the radio to talk about this. To me, this looks like something that the University of Oregon football team would have. <laughs> that, that's interesting, right? Because I actually uh, got a chance to visit that. I was doing some Pac-12 broadcasting back in the day, and and that's the idea, right? As I grew up in Pearl City, I, I had a, a pretty pretty humble beginnings, and you know, volleyball's taken me to to some amazing places, right? Uh, the Olympics, uh, winning national championships, and stuff. But for me, it's full circle, paying it forward. Is how do I give the best services and get the best of the best to? kids here across the state of Hawaii. You know, um, uh, if, if somebody has young volleyball players and they want to get involved, Kevin, in, in Spike and Serve, what, what do they do? How do they get started? Uh, great question. So we have uh, programs for kids as young as five years old, uh-huh. uh, and then we usher you through the whole journey. Amazing coaches who've been here for a long time, collegiate-level coaches as well, and they'll take you all the way to the journey until you're 16, 17, 18, going through the recruiting process. I mean, we've had a lot of success uh, in having kids go and play for Charlie Wade at his national championship winning program for Robin Almo now. So, you know, it, it really bright future for a lot of volleyball players here in the state of Hawaii. So would we go to uh, spikeandserve.com? That's where we can kind of get in touch with you? That would be the best place. Yeah, send us an email, go to the, the website, um, and start your journey. I'm sorry. You guys, I'm just... I, I think you guys might be a little bit uh, beyond the journey. You guys are probably <laughs> more 
in the Hawaii Move Lab uh, side of the. the, the <laughs> we're, ready, we're ready for beach volleyball. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I just signed up. You can uh, sign up for the uh, Spike and Serve newsletter, and I just clicked. I'm not a robot. I'm part of the gang. Gus, you know what? We wanted to have more time. We'll we'll have you on again, but uh, folks. Uh, brand new space in Kapalamakai. It is uh, uh, just amazing. As Kevin, you're really part of why Hawaii is probably the epicenter of volleyball in the country. Uh, we play a small part here for sure, but there's a long history, right? People like Dave Shoji uh, leading to all, all the relevance at the national championship level and even the Olympic team, right? Like there's a good chance on the men's side. Yeah, between Micah Christensen, Micah Ma'a, and Eric Shoji, that we're going to have a full 25% of the uh, Olympic team in Paris. So uh, the state and volleyball, this is the epicenter of volleyball in the U.S. for sure. Unbelievable. Thank you very much. Congratulations on your new space, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Have a great day. All right, that's Kevin Wong. Uh, more on this coming up, our top stories as well, on ESPN Honolulu. Oh, he was just talking about the Phillies or something. Oh, okay. Hey, thanks, Tanner. But Liz running the board. Stop. <laughs> All right, good morning. It's a couple of minutes after 8 o'clock with the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Um, I'll, I'll get to our uh, top stories in just a second here, and I wish we had more time with um, Kevin Wall. Excuse me. Kind of choked up. I was so excited about volleyball. Kevin Wong, who I knew I would, I didn't realize until after the interview was over, I knew I was going to call him Scott. I can't get a Venerion without calling John Mark and Mark John. I don't know what that is. I can't, I mean, they're brothers. Why am I thinking? Anyway, I did the same thing on my notes. I put Scott and then crossed it out and wrote Kevin at the beginning. <laughs> this is incredible, though. It is. So, this is okay. So, for the last nine years, 145, uh, he's gotten these kids, 145 kids to play uh, college volleyball. They've made over $2 million in scholarships in the last year. Is I mean, is, how important is Kevin Wong to Hawaii sports and especially Hawaii volleyball? I mean, the godfather of it all, yes, is... Um, is uh, Dave Shoji, and right behind there, you got to you got to talk about Charlie Wade, yes. and what he's done for vol- not only what he does in college, but all that Charlie does for youth volleyball that he doesn't even talk about. And then you got Kevin Wong, who is who's built a, I mean, he's like the uh, Phil Knight, and I'm not sure if who uh, lost money. Uh, he does, yes. but I mean, this. Listen to this. Okay, so they have this new place. It's a uh, Kapalamakai. Two new volleyball courts, and that thing he called the Hawaii Move Lab. It's a first of a kind rehab recovery center for junior sports. 
similar equipment and training that you see in NFL facilities. Right. The student athletes will have access to two doctorate trained movement specialists. My gosh. A number of different experiences. They have a cold plunge, weight room, three saltwater float tanks. I don't know what that does. Two red light rooms. Not sure what that is. A Normatech recovery area and a sauna. This is what pro sports guys have. And this is for young student athletes. Amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, And if you want to be a part of Spike and Serve, you have a young volleyball player. Boys or girls, go to spikeandserve.com. All right, I would just, I just wanted to get that out. How amazing is that? You know, we complain about so many things in sports, and that's almost what sports talk radio has become. But, I mean, to celebrate something like this in our own backyard, look what you can do without the government getting involved. Whoa! Uh, I didn't no! think of that. But I didn't mean to say that. A lot of truth to that, some might say, and I would probably agree. I, I think it's pretty cool. You talked about starting the journey and just helping to get these players scholarships, like you said, just get them exposed to volleyball at a young age, hopefully supplying a lot of them to either the women's or the men's team here. But just yeah. doing it for the sport, he talked about his journey. I mean, he said it so casually. I had to think about that. Oh, going to the Olympics, national championships. That's not a, something that a lot of people get to experience, yet right. he's done, been there, done that, and now he's bringing it all back, well, as they say, giving back to the well, community. Well, think about that. If I mean, it could be 25% of the men's volleyball yeah. team are from Hawaii. One out of every four guys is from Hawaii playing in the Olympics. Kevin Wong, by the way, uh, is involved in the Olympics as well. Remember, he's like a, a commentator. I don't know. That's what he was saying. He was saying about talking about Paris and the Olympics that he's been right. to and all the experiences. And it was just so casually, like matter-of-factly for him. But uh, he, he's yeah. experienced a lot. But it, it is great to have that. I wasn't aware of all the things he's done until you and he were bringing some of the things up. But this venture, and I've seen some of the pictures that Rob DeMello had on his sports broadcast on KHON2 last night, uh, showed some of it. it is, it's a pretty cool deal. It is great. And it yeah. shows what can be done. I will never, ever call you Scott again, Kevin. And Scott, over in Pepperdine, I know you're not listening, but I won't call you Kevin either. I'll At least be not very today. aware of that. At least not Now, with today. the Venaries, eh, not so sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, seven minutes after 8 o'clock. Good morning. We're the Sports Animals. Thursday night football uh, means we've got plenty of Taylor Swift tonight. Uh, she has announced that she will be there, or somebody on her behalf did. But Travis Kelsey is still listed as questionable, I saw uh, just a few minutes ago. Oh, maybe he'll be up with his mom and his girlfriend in the booth. So if he doesn't play, who is she cheering for? Who is she going to jump up and make believe? She's she... cheering for the Chiefs. She's a Chiefs fan. I know. Isn't that kind of an amazing story? Not so much their romance, but how it's taken off where all the Instagram followers he has gotten because of it, what she has gotten, and supposedly the NFL is pushing hard for the teams and the TV networks to showcase her a lot when she's at these games. I didn't well, think it would not, take a life they're, on they're, like it has. What they're, what they're doing is they're telling them to play free commercials for the Taylor Swift tour. That's what they're doing. Well, the movie, anyway, the movie, yeah, the movie that just we move out. on. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I kind of like the Dennis Rodman-Madonna relationship, uh, but that's a story for another time. I, I'll bet you did. Speaking of rain, uh, speaking of uh, volleyball, uh, boy, it was it was the thriller in Manila. Uh, Kamehameha sweeps Punahou in girls volleyball last night for the state berth. 25, 21, 23, 21. 
Congratulations, Adriana Arquette, a University of Hawaii. I'm sure she's been through Spike and Serve. Uh, uh, Arquette is a University of Hawaii commit with 18 slam downs. Kamanao Okalani, I'm sure she goes by something shorter. Goldstein had 11 slam downs and 13 dig ups in the winning effort. For the Lady Warriors. Yes, and big volleyball really important. It just seems like in the ILA, in the state tournament, you have these matchups where there's so much at stake. This is just obviously, as you said, to qualify. But those matches over the years have been incredible. So much talent coming out of both teams, including others in the ILH and the state as well. All right, the Rainbow Wahine volleyball team on a three-game, rare three-game road trip. And this is this is... This is the meat of the schedule. This is as tough as it gets. You're playing undefeated in first place Santa Barbara tomorrow. Tiff Wells will join us in 10 minutes, and he'll join us tomorrow from Santa Barbara, first serve at 4 o'clock. And then Saturday, a quick turnaround with Cal Poly, who is tied with Hawaii at 5-1 and one in the conference. It is a little bit different because there's no automatic berth to the regular season champion. Still a lot at stake for these road matches. And then you have Davis next Tuesday. Right. So basically, you've got a 6-0 and Five and one and four and one team. This is not Irvine or Cal State Fullerton, which we just had here at home. So good luck to the Rainbow Walking. Hey, by the way, uh, today's game, uh, uh, excuse me, tomorrow's game, Friday the 13th, can be heard on CBS 1500. All right. Uh, in Major League Baseball, down go the Dodgers. Down go Dodgers. A hundred regular season wins. And Dave Roberts flubs it up again in the playoffs. See, okay. I know people like you just mentioned and Dave Shoji, big-time Dodgers fan on Twitter last night, was asking for a new manager uh, because of the lack of playoff success. I don't blame the manager for this. What did Dave Roberts do to have Clayton Kershaw let up six runs in the first inning? What did Dave Roberts – now, I think he might have let Lance Lynn in too long last night. The guy lets up four home runs in an inning, kind of five. One got overturned, and then the, it was a homer the next pitch. But you let a, have a guy letting up three homers in an inning. I would take him out of the game at that point. I know it's only the th- third inning. I would take him out of the game. So you just answered your own question. But that, you don't fire a guy because of that. Again, Gary, had regular Gary, Gary, success. Gary, Gary, this just moving, didn't happen. Let me just, because I, you're going down the wrong rabbit hole. Uh-uh. It's not that this just happened yesterday. This happens year after year after year with Dave Roberts. Well, great during the regular season. Can't get over the hump. Well, you, you, that gets you fired. And why? No, ma- and no matter how much money we bring you the best. You have Mookie Betts, Clayton Kershaw. You've got the best players in baseball. The be- As the Kentucky coach <sighs> said about whoever they were playing, you got the best players money can buy. Georgia. You become George Steinbrenner's Yankees, yet you still can't win. And now... You get swept in the playoffs. You alarming. Said, it's you, alarming to see this. You said the best players in baseball, and you mentioned Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw is a shell of what he used to be. He's not Mr. October. He's maybe Mr. May he's never two. been Mr. October. He, but he's not. He's he, never been great in the playoffs. One year, right. maybe. He is always great during the regular season. And, and I'm just saying, you know what? What are you going to do? You're not going to fire Mookie Betts. No, but you gotta, you gotta shake things up. How is that his fault that he's not good in October? How is it I'm his waiting, fault? I'm waiting for the answer. You yeah, don't repeat the question. Give us the answer. <laughs> don't stall for time. <laughs> Dave, no, this is, is, is sports. This is professional sports. It is. 
We we have the highest payroll known to mankind in the history of baseball. Actually, the Mets. Do, you I want a hundred? De- okay, but anyway, close to it. Yes. The um the the Mets are a whole nother topic. Save <laughs> yeah, that for tomorrow. Save it for the, next the Dodgers. Year. Look, we're going to put as much money as we as is humanly possible. Uh, we're going to put the some country's gross national product into our salary. We're going to win a hundred games during the regular season. And then we get swept in the playoffs by the Diamondbacks. OMG, Dave Roberts, time to start looking for a new job. Chris, as my co-host, you should know a lot about sports and baseball because how many times has, and seriously on this, how many times in the last decade have we seen a team with 100 wins or so get eliminated? In the playoffs, not even the World Series. Mets last year went 101. They get eliminated. Dodgers get eliminated by San Diego. Yep. Uh, Braves, uh, well, yeah, Philadelphia, I think, eliminated the Braves. The point is, when you get to October, everybody's really good. And it depends on the pitching rotation, if you're set for the next round with maybe your number one starter. There's a lot of that comes into play, and the best team doesn't always win. And when you have but a short it happens, playoff series, but... like best out of three and best out of five, right. even more so. But when it happens over and over again, what are you going to do? Just say, hey, it's okay. You tried your hardest, Davey. We'll go get him next year. That's not how pro sports work. How you, who are you going to get that's better? I mean, you can answer that question. I'm, I'm hearing nothing again. You want to repeat the question to stall for time again? Oh, oh. <laughs> Buck Showalter. Uh, I hope he gets a job in this talk that if the Yankees move on from Aaron Dusty Boone. Baker. He's, he's employed and happy. Gabe Kapler. Oh, never mind. <laughs> and Dave, Dave Roberts has gotten a lot of blame, and you're right about what you said. It happens every year except for the bubble year in 2020 when they won in Texas, the World Series over at Tampa. I just don't think you make any radical changes because of the lack of playoff success. you got to make some changes. But, again, Clayton Kershaw, that's not what you'd expect from him. Uh, and, they, you know, you try to make a change here and there. you still got a dangerous, if not the best, lineup in the majors. I mean, the Braves probably have a better hitting team. But the Dodgers are right there. Freddie Freeman hit 100 in this series. He hit 330, give or take a few points in the regular season. That's not on Dave Roberts. You hit 100. Uh, that's on the players. I understand. For some reason, we're, we're Arizona, saying the same thing. Let's move on because we're saying okay. the same thing back and forth. I'm saying it's something not, smart. and Right, but what you're saying is you're saying these are great players and it, it's not they're not playing well. It's not on the manager. Basically, yeah. Something tells me, Gary, that in the next couple of days you're going to see that the Dodgers have moved on. Oh, I bet Let's move on from okay. this. Okay. Rainbow Warrior basketball season really starts in eight days. Yeah, I love the sound of that. They'll have that open practice, remember, tomorrow night oh, at yeah. 6 p.m. at Simplify Arena to Stan Sheriff. So that's something uh, Rob Jones told us the other day. Free, of course. Who's uh, Rob Jones? He's the assistant coach for the University of Hawaii. Oh, sorry. You, you were here, I believe, that day. I was. At least, in, you know, physically. Uh, but they do have that open practice. It was actually, it was actually breaking news that came from Eric Matthews, not Rob Jones. So try and listen to the show. You were here, <laughs> was, weren't you? It was Rob Jones, Chris. Uh, Tanner has the tape. Captain it was the Fun scoop. had other. He scoops. gave us two scoops. Eric Matthews gave us two scoops. One of them. Was, anyway, keep going. So they do play St. Mary's, as you said, and they are uh, in the one magazine I have a twenty, the twenty-second ranked team. It's going to be different than other exhibition games. Not to put down the D two schools, but these are coaches that know each other well. Randy Bennett and Iran have been on the same staff at St. Mary's, and you're seeing a quality team. But more importantly than all of that. 
the early look at this team, the extra game, is that your uh, fee for the tickets, which are only $20 for adults, general admission, will all go to the Maui victims of the wildfires. And that's uh, what Gary why this means, is What important. Gary means is net proceeds of it will go to the victims of the wildfire. A little bit of difference. they got to pay the bills first. Okay. But uh, anyway, it's for a good cause. And uh, check it out. You know what? We've got Rainbow Warrior football tickets that we're going to give away. Here's what's coming up. Tiff Wells is going to uh, give us some insight on the Rainbow Wahine's three-game road trip. He's coming up next. Then we'll give away the tickets. And then we have a bunch of stuff that you need to know before you go for Rainbow Warrior football. All coming up here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Before we get a traffic check, it seems to be getting better. Uh, you can win a $1,000 cash grand prize and $100 weekly gift certificates and ESPN Honolulu's pigskin picks. Uh, this week, you can win a $100 gift certificate to Kuhio Food Hall. You've been down there a couple of times in Waikiki. Yes. It's brought to you by Young's Fish Market and M. Dyer Global. Register right now at ESPNHonolulu.com. All right, let's talk some volleyball with the voice of volleyball in Hawaii, Tiff Wells. Tiff, are you on the road? I'm sorry, what was that, Chris? Are you on the road? Oh, it sounds like he's literally on the road. <laughs> I hope I'm not driving. No, I fly out. To, I fly out tonight, and I land, I get into I get into Los Angeles tomorrow morning, and we'll make that beautiful drive uh, up north to Santa Barbara. Right on. I've taken the bus up there several times. It is a nice drive there. And hopefully you'll be happy going up there and after the match. And let's talk about the importance of these, Tiff. Uh, hopefully no- you'll be happy going up there. Well, he will because it's a beautiful drive, as he said. Oh, okay. And then he'll be happy afterwards if Hawaii can take care of Santa Barbara. They are undefeated, as we've mentioned, uh, in first place. <laughs> Cal Poly on Saturday tied at 5-1 and one with Hawaii in second. But I want to get your take on this because in every other year until now, the regular season champ gets the automatic bid to the NCAA. Now you got the Big West tournament back Thanksgiving week in Long Beach. So did that take away any of the importance of these matches, at least the first two this weekend? I don't think so. I think it's more important for the home team to to defend home court. And we're talking about Santa Barbara on tomorrow night and then, of course, for Cal Poly on Saturday. If you're Hawaii, you would love at least, at worst, a minimum of, of getting a split for this weekend, obviously getting the win next week at UC Davis. But I think when you look at it in terms of the RPI, UC Santa Barbara has the best RPI in the conference right around 35-34. Hawaii dropped a couple of spots going into this week because of who they played and their opponents being uh, not the greatest in terms of records in RPI. But I think from an RPI perspective, you're pulling for Santa Barbara to win tonight against Cal Poly. And then, of course, Hawaii defeating Santa Barbara tomorrow just because when you look at the overall, you know, with the RPI, and you get bonus points for for top 50 RPI wins, the more wins you have against teams that are 50 or or better, it suits your overall resume and body of work better. So what, just to follow with that, what I'm also interested in, that when you talk about the RPI, how much will that come into play? Because we don't expect a second team from the Big West to get in that large bid in the tournament, do we? I, you know, if, if it gets to a final of Hawaii and UC Santa Barbara and both of their RPIs are, say, 45 or better, it, it wouldn't, 
I wouldn't put it past the committee to reward both the tournament champ, obviously, because they get the automatic bid, but also the team that finishes second or finishes in, you know, in the final, if they're unable to win the conference tournament, if they have a good enough resume, good enough RPI strength of schedule. I think right now, if it, if it is a Hawaii and Santa Barbara final, you, you could theoretically see two teams. If it's, if it's somebody, say like a Cal Poly or, you know, maybe a Long Beach, the RPI is still decent even after losing last week against CSUN, you could maybe only see just one tournament, one team from the conference making the NCAA that being the tournament champ getting the automatic bid. Okay. Your exclusive home for Rainbow Wahine Volleyball here, ESPN Honolulu. Tiff Wells is with us. And uh, tomorrow's game, Friday the 13th against UCSB, that will be on CBS 1500. Gary, your turn. No, okay. no, we'll be, we'll be on 1420 tomorrow. Uh, Saturday will be on 1500 just because of uh, Rainbow Warrior football starting about an hour or so before volleyball does. Yeah, oh. after volleyball does. Yes. I apologize. Oh, I boy. was going Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk more about Santa Barbara right now. Again, important matches as you and I have just discussed, and a little bit of Chris discussing it. But what will so it everybody take- in the seven o'clock hour tomorrow is going to go? Where's the volleyball game? <laughs> what, what will it take to beat this team? I mean, they're undefeated. They are the number one team right now. What is the biggest concerns for Hawaii? The biggest concern for Hawaii is that you look at Santa Barbara, it's a first-year head coach, but it is also a team that has has a very good offense but also a very good defense. And it is very rare for a team in the conference to have the best blocker in terms of blocks per set but also the best person who has the most digs per set. And I, and I think right now you see Santa Barbara – they have yes, their record is really good. They have a very good win at Iowa State, who was number twenty-three at the time uh, a couple of weeks ago out in Iowa State. So a very good road win for them. It, it's it's a complete team, and I think for Hawaii to go into the Thunderdome last year, the match went five. It it's been it's basically been Hawaii, Santa Barbara, Cal Poly in no particular order the last few years in conference play. So I think for Hawaii, it's again the ability to side out effectively on first ball contact, but also for Hawaii to limit the number of scoring runs that UC Santa Barbara can get. And that's what we've seen a lot, unfortunately, this year from Hawaii is sometimes they get stuck in rotation more so than not when Amber Ajidi's not on the floor and Hawaii's just been unable to side out quickly and they've been giving up a few runs here and there in their matches. Over the last several matches, we've seen several different starting lineups. Why do you think that is, and what do you think about that as far as tomorrow is concerned? I think it's it's been a case of who has had maybe the better week in practice, and I think it's also it, – it can sometimes work in your favor because the opposing team might not have a lot of film on certain players. They might not have a lot of film in, in certain rotations of who's getting more playing time, but sometimes it can also work against you just because you're not able to have a lot of experience in game with all of these different combinations. And I think for Hawaii, again, we've, we, we've said the last couple of weeks where yes, they've had a lot of three Oh wins in conference play, but they're not doing and not having what has happened to them the last couple of years where you've given up a set or you've been having to play unnecessary extra sets and matches. They're taking care of business. And whether it's 
whether it's a clean 3-0 sweep or sometimes you have to unfortunately win a, win a match very ugly in three sets, at the end of the day, a 3-0 win is a 3-0 win. And I think for Hawaii, their ability to play these multiple combinations, have all of these different players, I mean, we've seen 12, 13, 14 players see court time for the last couple of matches. It's giving, it's giving the reserves a lot of time needed on the floor, but it's also giving starters some important rest because you might need, you probably could be using and needing everybody once you get into some of these bigger matches against the Santa Barbara, Cal Poly, or even the conference tournament where you might need somebody off the bench to help get you out of rotation and maybe score some of those crucial points late in the match. I mean, we saw a couple weeks ago when Hawaii played SC and we hadn't seen a whole lot of Paula Gershon. She gets inserted into the match late in that fifth set. She has a key kill. She has a key block and the, and she helps Hawaii win that fifth set uh, in extra time against USC. Another player who has come on lately didn't start or play a lot early on, but I think Kendra Hamp, as the opposite, I don't know how many matches in a row it's been, but she has started and been a real impact player of late. She really has, and I think the experience for this for this basically a senior grad student it has has provided a lot of stability for Hawaii on offense. Sometimes the numbers might not be there consistently, but it's been, or at least for a hitting for a high percentage or having a lot of kills, but she just provides just another option on that right side for head coach Robin Amo, and I think for Hawaii, just with the overall defense. There's been a, yes, the calling card for this program has been floor defense, but I think with Kendra Ham as that right side player, especially in the back row, you see her numbers are up in terms of digs per, digs per set. I mean, this Hawaii team is averaging a little over 15 digs per set, and you have two, three, maybe four players averaging a little over two digs per set. Yes, the numbers in terms of, Blocks per set are a little bit down than what we've seen the last couple of years, but I think for Hawaii, that ability for the backer defense to utilize those soft touches from the blocks, it might not go down as a step block, but at least get a touch at the net and allow the back row to play, as Chris would like to say, and like dig them up for Hawaii's yes. back line. I think it's, it's been able, it's been a nice ability for Hawaii to have multiple players in the back line providing that defense and to just give Hawaii more opportunities to transition uh, from defense to offense. 4 p.m. tomorrow against yes. Santa Barbara. We'll hear all Can the Can I jump in here real quick? Yeah. Uh, how has it been with, I know that Tali Hakas' uh, family uh, in Israel with what is going on over there, and uh, Tanner and I were talking about it earlier this morning that, um, you know, that the, uh, you know, that um, the teammates are, you know, loving on her and supporting her. Um, how is that going? Have you been able to been in any practices or see what's going on or see how she's being supported? We haven't seen. We haven't been to practice specifically. I'll probably catch up with the team more so tomorrow before before the match. But I think just just reading uh, what Billy Hall had a nice piece in the Holy Star Advertiser this morning. We've seen Rob Zamella yeah. from KH1 have a nice piece early in the week as well. Uh, it's it's a tough situation for Talon. I think for her that sanctuary for a couple of hours being on the floor and like she said representing not only herself her state her family but also her country and, and mm. i think for her it's it's been a nice couple of hours every time she's been able to get on the floor just to you can't clear your mind and, and i can't speak for her just because i haven't had this situation happening personally but i think for her just the ability to kind of compartmentalize what's going on and just go out and play volleyball for a couple of hours. And yes, it's tough with a 13 hour time difference. One brother is in the army. One brother is a reserve. And from what she said, her hometown is maybe 
a couple of hours from where everything's going on. Um, so I think for her, in, in the back of her mind, it's, it's always going to be there. And it's it's reassuring for this Hawaii program for her to know that not only the program, but the state has her back and they're with her at all times. And that's one of the reasons why she came to Hawaii was this sense of family, the sense of Ohana. And I think it's it can be sometimes a little tough to understand for freshmen, whether they're international players or domestic, to understand what, this state meet what this sport means to the state, how everybody has your back, but that family atmosphere, this family sense of this program has really helped Tally in this very, very difficult time the last couple of days. Yeah, not only is it it's her family, but I mean her herself. I mean she's she's retired military. I mean she knows she what is, uh, yeah. all these guys are going through. But hey hey Tiff, thank you. We'll hear you on the radio tomorrow on ESPN Honolulu. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Tiff. Sounds good, guys. Have a good one. All right, there he is, Tiff Wells on uh, ESPN Honolulu. And so, what? Let me get this straight. So, the first two games are on ES. Excuse me. It goes ESPN Honolulu, CBS fifteen hundred, then ESPN Honolulu for the games. Anyway, yeah. uh, we got you covered here. Uh, we've also got uh, Rainbow Warrior football tickets to give away now. If you're calling number three at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty, they're all yours. You'll see Hawaii and San Diego State. Tomorrow at uh, Ching Complex, be the third caller, and you're a winner from ESPN Honolulu. And while you're, uh, while you're dialing in, check it out. You can catch UH football, also the NFL for that matter, at 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar at Leeward Bowl. They're open early on Sundays at 6 a.m. They got all the TVs, so they show all the games. Monday and Thursday night football, they got great happy hour poo-poo as well. Um, 850 is the home of the new video wall. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Shoot some pool, play darts. It's the place for UH college and NFL football. Hey, congratulations to you, Matthew in Kaimuki. He was the third caller. He scored himself some Rainbow Warrior football tickets. Taking on San Diego State. Saturday, 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 Saturday at the uh, T.C. Ching Complex. Oh, they said don't call it that. Call it either the Clarence T.C. Ching Complex or the Ching Complex. Nothing in between. (laughs) Be sure to follow directions on that. Hey, uh, know before you go. This is a release that the University of Hawaii sends out uh, before the game. Now, it's a 5 o'clock start, so entry gates will open at 3 is that the usual time the gates open, or did they move it up an hour? No, they didn't. They left it the same, Eric Matthews told us the other day. Why is that? Why I, would they do I that? I don't know. Anyway, uh, they do have the kickoff at the less, brought to you by Hawaii's Finest. Uh, they are going to have uh, Johnny Sweet entertaining. There will be a DJ. There will be vendors and food and drink options. They will have a cakey zone, and you get in free with your football game ticket. Uh, so you can get there early and uh, check that out. Now, if you want to get parking, if like this is your first time to the game, uh, you can park in the lower campus parking structure. Now, that will open at 2. So you can get there at 2 o'clock, sit in your car for an hour, and then enter. Is that what I'm getting at? Yeah. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, but you can't pay for parking there. you got to pre-purchase your parking pass. Right. That you will do at etickethawaii.com. Now, it, 
you know, it's a lot easier, minimizes delays if people are coming in. Oh, big it's time. a good idea. What's that? Big time it minimizes the, the delay. Right. Everybody's speeding through, not speeding through, but getting through the toll gate a lot quicker. Yeah. The um, Well, we don't have toll gates. This is Hawaii. But well, I understand toll what booth, you're saying. Toll booth. We don't have toll booths in What do you Hawaii call either. that when you pay the p- parking booth? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. You can take... You can you can you can put Gary you can put the mainland in Hawaii but you can't take the mainland out of the boy. I don't know what that's saying is. Yeah. Anyway, but in a lot of these things just like a couple of years ago when you had online tickets only and everyone was met, I mean it hurt attendance because it was just too humbug to download. Now nobody complains about that anymore because we're used to it, right? We're used to it. That was more during COVID, I think, when you had the the Lumi site app, I believe. Right. But still, yeah, it's, it's the norm now. Uh, you yeah. almost anywhere around the same thing with parking. You really can't go to any. I went to Dodger Stadium a month or so ago, and it was all prepaid. But we got to it because we didn't know that, and we went to another line where you can use your credit card, but you're not paying cash to go to any lot anymore. A lot of places are cashless, which makes it online a lot quicker, a lot well, easier. It's the way to and go. And then once you learn how to do it, you have time to do it. You know, get a nine or ten year old to help you figure it out, <laughs> as we always say. But then everything's taken care of. Yeah, you're ready yeah. to go enjoy the game, and you yeah. got to worry about anything. A lot quicker. So. Win-win. Yep, it is. All right, so uh, University of Hawaii, they're playing San Diego State. And we mentioned this the other day. I remember last year, they had a guy who was a quarterback. Uh, He, you know, he he wasn't the starting quarterback. And what was his name again? It still is. Jalen Maiden. Okay, so Jalen Maiden is the guy we're talking about. Maiden. Anyway, so he's, um, he is, when we heard that they had a safety who was going to be the quarterback, we're like, yeah, we got this in hand. But the guy turned out to be a pretty, pretty good quarterback. In fact, he's now the starting quarterback uh, yeah. for San Diego State. Now, they're not having the greatest year in their offense as, as far as results offensively and defensively for San Diego State. They're very comparable to Hawaii. Maybe, Although, yeah. maybe they have a little bit tougher schedule they played. Yeah, probably. So they played three of the top five defenses in the country. They played, I think, three top 25 teams, if I'm not mistaken. But maybe, I mean, his number is five touchdown passes, five interceptions. Uh, so he's not having a great year. And Brady Hoke, the head coach for the Aztecs, was on with us yesterday. He thinks one of the concerns or problems for this team is they're not creating turnovers, not winning that battle. Uh, I mean, their defense is letting up over 30 points a game. They're not getting the turnovers. Offense at 19-plus a game. But who are you talking about? San- I can't tell if you're talking about San Diego oh. State or the University of Hawaii. Well, the lack of turnover but, battle is similar. The records right? are similar, yes. The uh, offensive points, numbers are probably similar. Points for and points against. Very similar. They are. And that results in a 2-4 and four record for both teams. Uh, but that, that's one of the first things he brought up, though, yesterday was the turnover battle. Right. Uh, so, that again, they've been a good defensive team over the year. They usually have really good running back. Right now, their offense has struggled. They're coming off a bye, which very rarely do you see both teams coming off a bye in conference. Right. I thought we had this big deal yeah. up until we. I found out a couple of days ago. I'm like, yeah, at least we got two weeks to prepare. Well, problem is they have two weeks to prepare. It was too. weird. Last week in the Mountain West, there were only three games. Six teams had buys last week. Wow. And I, that's a little quirky, a quirk in the schedule, I guess. But regardless of that, so no advantage there. Uh, where at home, fans can make a difference. Uh, we'll see how many show up for this game. And coming off a bye and then a loss before that, I don't know what to expect. 
But yeah. I'm hoping we can get eight, 9,000. I mean, there's not many of these games left. It's always entertaining. This is a good opponent. Uh, and I'm just hoping the fans can show up and do what they did maybe against Stanford, where at least they created mm-hmm. that atmosphere to help right. the team. You know, I, and, and a lot of the students uh, stopped coming, at least the last game. And, that, and it's been a while since we've had a home game. I get it. But you know what? It, because people have complained about the comfort. I wish there was, and I'm no expert, but I'm just doing my I wish there was deal here. Is, okay, once you see like an open section, and I think you can do this. If you're, like, kind of cramped in your area, can you just go walk over to the open section and spread out a little bit? They I'm might sure it's okay. Well, I mean, you can do it at Les Morikami Stadium. Yeah. You can do it in the Stan Sheriff Center. And if you happen to be in someone's seat and they show up, they just go, oh, it's my seat. So you move over a little. Yeah, I mean, the UH isn't going to suggest or promote that. But, yeah, you know, you can kind of do that, yes. There's, no, there's no security or usher watching that you're in the wrong seat like other venues but I don't think they should mind. I mean, I don't think they mind. I mean, forever, a lot of times you have we have tickets for a baseball game, and, hey, this looks like a good place to sit. And then someone will come and say, oh, excuse me, you're in my seat. You go, oh, sorry, dude, and you move a couple down. The thing is, if everybody did that, there would be chaos. But some people, yeah. I mean, you can get away with that. No, You know problem. what? Do, do something like this after the first quarter. Okay, yeah. the first quarter is going. After the first quarter, you see an empty puka. You know, it's like a zone defense. Just go ahead and fill that. That's right? been my philosophy as a, as a seat sneaker, if that's the right term. <laughs> I observe three or four seats, and after the first quarter of a basketball game, that's when I make my move because they didn't show up but, by the end of the first quarter. Good right. chance they're not but, showing up. But what you're doing is you're in the nosebleeds, and then you go sit in the first section. Yeah. But that's not what I'm saying here because every seat at Ching Complex is a good seat. True. I don't think you can argue that as far as uh, seeing. Uh, so, I mean, you just, you know what, find an open area and spread out a little. I think it's okay. I think it's okay to tell the people that. <laughs> that so wait till after the first quarter. So there's not chaos. That should be on the list of things you need to know for coming to the game. <laughs> yeah. It's eight forty-eight, and this here Aloha state with the sports animals. We'll be back to wrap her all up coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, a little housekeeping uh, before we go. Uh, you can catch the, uh, on CBS 1500 today at 1.30, uh, Phillies and Atlanta. Phillies looking to close it out uh, today. That'll be a shame if the Atlanta Braves are not there. Come on. We have one Hawaii player left. Yeah. All right, uh, so uh, Braves and Phillies at 1.30 on CBS 1500. Thursday night football, same time. Uh, with the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs on ESPN Honolulu. By the way, if you didn't catch the Timmy Chang show, we'll replay it for you today at 11 o'clock, right before Let's Talk Sports with Kanoa Leahy. If you want to watch it on TV, it's tonight, 6 o'clock on KHI TV. I know that was a lot, but hopefully something you got a little gem out of that on your uh, viewing or listening pleasure. Well, to add to that, Jim, the player who, from Hawaii who's left in the playoffs is Kirby Yates for the Atlanta Braves, in case people weren't aware of that. Thank you. I, I should have. Yeah, thank you. I want to get to UH football real quick, and then we uh, don't have a lot of time, but one of the things I think we all should be not only concerned but really looking for on Saturday is the first quarter. Hawaii has been outscored 66-17 mm. to 17 
over these first uh, six games. Wow. That is not good, obviously. No. And we've talked about the slow starts. We've heard about the slow starts. We've heard suggestions. I, I, I don't know what they have to do differently, but it would be really interesting. be really helpful for their cause to maybe have a lead after the first quarter and not have a deficit or the disparity like they have over every game this year starting slow. I don't know what, the, again, coming off the bye week, if they, I'm sure they've addressed it, but I'm really looking for the first quarter to see if anything's going to be different as far as getting off to a fast start and getting uh, some points up on that board early on. Yeah, and you know what? Here's what also is, you know what? It, it's great to cheer and get loud when we make a touchdown. You know when we really need to get loud is when our opponent, and this is, it's so, it's going to sound so obvious. When San Diego State is going forward on third down, Hawaii's got to stop them on third down, which they haven't been great at. And we need, you know, here's the key to the win. Here's the key to the game is if Hawaii can convert on third down conversions, that keeps drives alive and it keeps San Diego State's offense off the field. The key to victory is going to be third down conversions for the University of Hawaii. Wasn't it one for 11, I believe, against UNLV in their last game? Ugh, You've yes. got to get way better than that, and that'll lead to maybe bit more points in the first quarter. You don't want to be trailing and trying to make that comeback every week because UNLV, they made a comeback. They got to within 10. You know, they, it was too little too late, you could say that, but New Mexico State at work in that second half shutting them out. But you want to have maybe that lead early on and hopefully have that advantage going into the second half. Amen and amen. All right, so uh, – you got the schedule, check local listings. Uh, oh, by the way, they've got, um, I believe they may, I'll save that thought for something else. I was going to say something on off the bench today after the game, but they've only got about a like a 20-minute show or something. So I'm just saying, I'm thinking aloud. That's how we end the show. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> this is ESPN Honolulu.